this is Donna Otto, and welcome to Modern Homemakers. If you have been around recently, you know that I've been talking about change your heart. Are you tired of it? Well, I'm not. So I'm going to keep at it. I'm just amazed at how many things that come across my mind, across my desk, across the scripture, across a book I'm reading, about the very complexities of our heart. I think we should have a doctor come in and talk to us about the biological complexities of a heart. If you like that idea, send me an email and let me know. And by the way, thank you for your emails. Thank you for your kind words of affirmation. I do not do this work for your kind words. I do this work because I feel called to do this work. It's not a cause, it's a call. And I have loved doing it for all the years that I have been able to teach women, encourage women, start organizations, write books for women, and do these podcasts. And I don't know how long I'll be doing this, but I love what I get to do. And this changing of my heart is such a big subject. And so I'm, I'm just going to stay with it. I'm going to interrupt it from time to time, during Lent especially, and who knows, but I'm going to keep staying with it. So far, we did Change Your Heart as the introduction, and we did Change Your Heart, Cultivating a Heart for Change, um, Change Your Heart This Time, which is this marvelous song, and thank you. Thank you so much for sending me the words for that song. I looked for them off and on for 10 or 12 years. And then the last time we were together, uh, talking about the heart, we talked about guarding your heart. Guarding your heart, the proverb says, for it is the wellspring of your light. Guard it with all diligence, vigilance. So today I want to talk about the hidden heart. Oh, that feels a little more painful, doesn't it? Uh, do you know you have a hidden heart? I didn't know I had a hidden heart. I remember going through, and I think I recently talked to you about this, going through a time of learning how to be still with the Lord. And in that, I discovered that I was so clever, I thought I was keeping secrets from God. I suppose that would have been a part of my hidden heart. There are no secrets from God. But there are secrets from ourselves. There are secrets from ourselves. And I have referred, that was my computer that just fell, if you heard that. I have read this passage to you, this verse to you, I've quoted it so many times that I know it inside and out. It, it's the psalmist saying, you, God, desire truth in my inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Do I have a secret heart? I do have a secret heart. So do you. And the relationship with God helps unpack that secret heart because no one wants you to know more about you than Jesus. And guess what? He knows everything about you. I'm always touched, deeply touched, by someone, especially in my work in meeting with women in spiritual direction, they'll say, I thought I processed that. That happened so long ago. I thought it was, this is a whole new piece of it. And why didn't I know that sooner? How come I'm just finding this out now? I've heard women say that many, many times in my life with women. And the reason is because you weren't ready for that. And the God of your life, the God of this universe, who understands you, you intimately, who loves you best, for you remember what Jonathan told us, you're his favorite. 
He knows what's in that secret part of your heart. And so this phrase, this time change my heart, starts by staying in the heart. Understanding our heart, our ideas, our beliefs, our feelings, our habits of choice, our bodily tendencies. I know I've told this story before, but 40 years ago, I gave up real Coca-Cola. Let me just tell you that I never thought I could give up real Coke. <laughs> And my husband would bring home a, a two-liter bottle and two liters suddenly became available. And he put a little ribbon on it and bring it in. It was so sweet and so dearest. I'll never forget it. And then I saw my dentist and he said, uh, what are you eating or drinking? And I said, like, I wanted to say, like, what's it to you? I just take care of my teeth. And he said, I told him. And he looked me straight in the eye and he said, if you want those teeth, you better stop drinking Coca-Cola. I had learned from a young, when I was a young woman, from an older woman, there were two things a woman had to take care of, her feet and her teeth. <laughs> I still think it's about the funniest piece of information or wisdom or, uh, I don't know, instruction. I have your feet and your teeth. And I just looked at her like, it, that, it was so random. And she said, honey, you need your feet to walk on as long as you can, and you need your teeth to masticate. <laughs> And she's right. I gave up Coca-Cola. I never thought I could do that. I did. I went to diet Coca-Cola because there was no sugar in diet Coca-Cola and the sugar was what was bothering my teeth. And a few years later, then someone started talking to me about this artificial phosphorus in carbonated drinks. And I thought, I, I think I'm getting the message here. This is about giving things up. The book that I'm using for Lent is called Small Surrenders. I didn't feel that was a very small surrender. But when we gather together and participate with him, that's what we're doing. It starts in our heart. It started in my heart, knowing this Coca-Cola wasn't so good for me. It started from, from the older woman who told me to watch out for my teeth. It started when the dentist told me to do it. And in my hidden heart, I am so surprised when these things are revealed to me by Jesus. Amy Carmichael, who I would never have known or met, I would never have a priceless hanging in my study that was given to me by Elizabeth Elliot, and Amy Carmichael had given it to her, and it is signed by Amy Carmichael, Alma, and then on the top of the other page, it's Elizabeth dedicating it to me, Dotto, and her signature. It's, a, it's one of my treasures. It's one of those things I might grab in a fire and run out with the house. I would have never met Amy Carmichael had it not been for Elizabeth. And she wrote a small book. If you do not own it, go on Amazon and buy it. You can probably buy it for a couple of dollars. It's called If. If. And every simple page says If, and it ends then you know nothing of Calvary love. And this if starts with, if a sudden jar can cause me to speak an impatient, unloving word, then I know nothing of Calvary love. For a cup brimful of sweet water cannot spill even one drop of bitter water, however suddenly jolted. I remember encountering that and thinking, that's why I get in trouble with my tongue. Like, when you jolt me, what comes out of me is the stuff in my hidden heart. 
I don't have to, I don't have to, if I thought for a moment, I would say, don't say that. <laughs> That's not so smart. But in my hidden heart, you jolt me, you knock me, you say something I don't like, and pshoom. And I thought, then I know nothing of Calvary love. Well, Lord, help me to understand what does that mean, Calvary love. Get her book, read it, read it to your children, read it to your husband, memorize it. Now, I want to sneak one more in, and that's the Proverbs. And he talks to us about few words speak words of kindness, and one of our family's favorites, which is, I was only kidding. I think we can discipline ourselves to do that. I know when to be quiet. I am old enough and smart enough and disciplined enough now to quiet it down. Someone else is talking, and I'm going to let them talk again quiet enough. I know how to speak words of kindness. I can concentrate on something and speak out a word of kindness. But I noticed that our culture has not positively accepted this, that this can be something that happens within me and it stays within my hidden heart. So I don't have to think about, is this kind, is this not kind? And when I'm jolted, out, what, out, what comes out of me is the Lord's language to me. More words, less kindness, and I was only kidding. Actually, I believe they flow from our heart. I think we live in a culture that is remarkably demanding. We are, we culturally accept speaking unkind words to each other. We culturally accept and almost no, not almost. I think I would say that if you do not have a sarcastic ability to barb back, oh, it's all in fun, it's all in fun, we speak from the heart, it's all in fun. If you're not able to be sarcastic, then, you know, you're a little slow on the uptake. You're not as much fun. You're not as, as, not as cool. You're not as, what's the word? I always say my husband has a, a, a sense of humor that's, that's very quick. He's very quick with it. It's re- Witty, he's witty. He has a quick and funny response. Well, quick and funny is different than quick and sarcastic. It's interesting because the word sarcasm is an irony to mock or convey contempt. You want to talk about your hidden heart? You pass along the sarcasm because what you really are passing on is contempt. I, I looked up a phrase that said they could not, that sarcasm gives us, sarcasm happens to us when we cannot hide our resentment. Cannot hide our resentment. I, I have been in situations like that. I'm sure I will be them in, in them again. I'm much more controlled than I used to be. And in some ways I worry that I don't get all out of me. I don't really worry about it but I, I certainly make it a consideration. So here's another of Amy's ifs. If I belittle those who I'm called to love, to serve, if I talk of their weak points in contrast, perhaps with what I think of my strong points, if I adopt the superior attitude, forgetting who made thee to differ and what hast thou that thou hast not received, then I know nothing of Calvary love. When I forget that I have contempt toward you because you did a stupid thing, what I really mean is I forgot how many stupid things I've done. 
Or what I really mean, is God not big enough to take away the pain that causes us most often to do stupid things, to get ourselves in jams we wish we didn't get into? Well, Psalm 139, which is a call to many of us, um, we have read it many times. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You know my thoughts from afar away. You search out my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. And I can remember saying to my husband, but you don't know me. You don't, you don't understand me. You don't know me. And I thought, I am trying to get my husband to know me in the very way that God already tells me he knows me. He is acquainted with all of my ways. And even before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, Lord. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where do I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? Nowhere. Nowhere. If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. We cannot run and hide from God. You cannot have a heart hidden from God. We try it. I know we do. I know we all do. I'm asking you to consider the fact that the things that you think you are hiding in your heart are not hidden from God. Allow him to expose them. Verse 10, If I take wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall be. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to God. The night is as bright as the day, for the darkness is as light to you. For it was him who formed me in my inward parts. He knit me together in my mother's womb. And I don't know who you are, how old you are, how many children you've had, if you've never had children. Just know that you were a child in someone's womb, knitted there by God. He calls us fearfully and wonderfully made. Maybe you didn't have a mother or a father who considered you wonderful or told you were wonderful. May I tell you that your Heavenly Father says you are wonderful. Wonderful are your works. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed of me, of which none of them existed before. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. I try to count them, but there are more of them than sand. And I come to the end, but I am still with you. I am still with you. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there are any wicked ways in me and lead me to everlasting life. This is about submitting, surrendering, yielding ourselves to the God who knows everything. Begin with silence. Maybe your problem is in your education. Maybe your problem is in the way you were treated. 
Maybe you haven't understood about basking in his promise. Maybe you don't know that there are secrets in your heart. But this is the time, especially during this time in Lent, when the Heavenly Father is reminding you of who you are and that you are his favorite and that he wants you to understand the depths of your heart so that you can do all things that please him. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart. I love these words spoken in the Old Testament and then repeated in the New Testament. And when Jesus said at the Last Supper, I bring you a new covenant. I bring you a new law. He said the same things. You shall love the Lord with all of your heart and your soul and your strength and your mind and your neighbor as yourself. I call this the big five. For a couple of years in a row, I every day went through the big five. Do I love you with all my heart, my soul, my strength, my mind? Do I love my neighbor as I love myself? And I came to understand that that was all of me. I was trying to divide it up even then. Soul and strength and mind. And what are the two big ones? We had this so often. Love him, love others. <laughs> so if you're like me, live with an attorney, or maybe you are an attorney, this is the fine print. <laughs> the two big ones are love him and love others. Don't have a hidden heart. You shall love the Lord, here's the fine print, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with all of your mind and your neighbor as yourself. That's how. I'm calling you at this time of Lent to ask the Lord to change your heart and to ask him to reveal the hidden parts of your heart. You have a hidden heart, I have a hidden heart. And the more we expose our hidden hearts to God, the freer we will be to be more like him. Thanks for listening. I'm Donna Otto. This is Modern Homemakers. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it an uncommon day of discovering some part of your hidden heart.